Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for another great interview. And this is with a returning guest, Jennifer Paler, who works in culture and talent management at IBM. Jennifer was on the podcast quite a long time back, and uh, if you're a longtime listener, you may remember she started off that interview with some singing, which is still the, she's still the only guest who has done that, and uh, I'm always impressed with everything Jennifer has to say, and so I invited her to speak on the Talent Development Virtual Summit that we hosted back in September, and a lot of people said they really enjoyed her talk, and so I wanted to take the audio from that and put that on the podcast here. So this is the next in our series of publishing some of the interviews that we did on the Talent Development Virtual Summit. You'll hear more about Jennifer in just a moment, Uh, and of course, as I've mentioned in the past, All of the talks from the virtual summit are housed in the member vault of the Talent Development Think Tank membership community that we run. Uh, The Think Tank community also has live calls that we host every Wednesday, sometimes with guest speakers like Jennifer, and sometimes we do open forum where we share questions and challenges and help each other out. I always enjoy these calls. Wednesday is now my favorite day because there's so much connection, so many great conversations going on. And if you are working in learning and development, talent development, and you want to be part of a community that can help you get your job done better, answer questions for you, come join us. Just go to tdtt.us and uh, you can get all the information there. I also want to let you know, remind you, that I recently published my first book. It's called Own Your Career, Own Your Life, and it is available on Amazon now. There is a book and a companion journal available, so if you haven't checked that out yet, I'd love for you to check that out and let me know what you think. All right, today's episode with Jennifer Paler is all about culture hacking in the modern workplace. We are talking about culture 
We're talking about how to build and sustain culture in a virtual world. Jennifer also talks about anti-fragility and what that is. Um, She talks about employee engagement, trust, and how to build those things up, the importance of psychological safety, the importance of intellectual humility. And uh, she says everybody needs a coach like they need a mobile phone. So uh, interesting discussion here with Jennifer. I know that you're going to enjoy it. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Jennifer Paler from IBM. There is nothing more important in an organization than a great culture, but a great culture is hard to create. Well, today we're going to share some culture hacking secrets that you can use to create a really engaging and wonderful culture, including why you shouldn't put all your eggs into one basket, and why you need to diversify your skills and experiences. Hi, I'm Andy Storch, your Summit host, and I'm excited to introduce you to our next legendary speaker. Jennifer Paler is a people engineer at IBM. She also leads coaching and executive development for Enterprise Operations and Services Division of IBM. And Jennifer is also a Marshall Goldsmith MG100 coach and a patented inventor inventor of a new coaching system. Jennifer, welcome and thank you so much for being here. So happy, Andy. We get to spend some more time together. I know, it's so fun. Um, We've been doing a lot of catching up and you have a lot of cool things going on and we're gonna focus in on culture today. Uh, And I know you're big on, you know, these things like resilience and culture and uh, coaching and all the things that go into it. Um, Let's start with, what are your thoughts on the resilience movement that we see going on? So I think that now with everything happening, you you see resilience having this um, heyday. You know, everybody wants to be resilient. And I think that, you know, resilience is the starting point. So with COVID-19 and everything happening around our world, there are some things that we're not going to bounce back to. We're not going to bounce back. We're not going to Um, be pre-COVID-19. There are some things that are going to permanently change. There are some stories, you know, that we have um, created, some memories and things that we are um, creating as we speak that that are changing our lives. So when I think about resilience now, I think it's a starting point. And resilience is not a nice to have. It's an imperative. You have to have it. Going beyond resilience is the anti-fragile mindset. So I think that with everything we are experiencing, the leaders, the corporations, people in general who learn how to thrive in a crisis, become anti-fragile, have that anti-fragility characteristics, that's where we're going to. So we start with, in my mind, we are starting with resilience, but how do we thrive? How do we help? How do we let this crisis and everything that we're experiencing help us get even better. So by the nature of this crisis, we're all getting better. And one of the things that came out of um, this crisis that I've seen in just leadership is leaders are being empathetic. They're leading with empathy. Yeah, which is so important. I mean, I've seen that as it's critical, right? That leaders have empathy for their people. Um, you mentioned resilience and um, this going over into, um, I think you said anti-fragility. Can, yeah. you, can we start, take a step back and talk about, you know, what do you mean by resilience? And then what do you mean by fragility as well? Well, thank you. So when we 
think about resilience um, in the corporate world, most of the time you'll hear people say, it's like bouncing back. Having something happen and you figure out how to get back up again and bounce back and overcome it and overcome the challenges. That's true. And then you get back to a state of where you were before. So that's how we usually teach resilience. Um, I like to think about resilience as being able to properly resource your cognitive abilities, your physical, emotional, psychological uh, capabilities. So being able to properly resource yourself for the task, for the journey, for the leadership, what you have in front of you. So we all have to do that. Like that's a, that's a staple now. And we may not bounce back. Like I may not go to the Jennifer that used to travel every other week to do leadership development training. I used to travel to different countries all of the time. I used to have the in-person training. I used to have different talks. I used to go into the office, you know, even when you go outside in the community, have you noticed when you see people, you don't immediately run up to them. You keep a distance. It just comes natural. So you don't go back to getting within six feet. How are you doing? Getting to know strangers. You don't have those water cooler moments um, like we used to when we were in the office. So, so there's no getting back to some of those things. But the anti-fragility mindset is in the midst of all of this change, in the midst of all of this crisis and uncertainty, how can this make me better? How can I be better? How can I get even better by the nature of this? So the, I, the fact that I'm having to be work remotely for my primary job and not going into the office, not traveling, I'm having to be more, or leaders are having to be more intentional, having to be more conscious. It's not be more mindful, not just a mindful minute. It's, it's being mindful all day, being intentional about what kind of relationships do you really want to um, create. One of the things I brought up on a talk uh, earlier this week, one question I had is, when is the last time you actually made a friend? You know what the answer is? People had to think about it. Because making friends at work, you usually say, well, we don't really have friends at work. We have colleagues. Right. So things like that, making friends in a digital world is something that we have to do on an everyday basis. So there's those things that make us, we, we're getting better by the nature of the crisis. Uh, I know at IBM, we're doing um, digital closings, you know, all virtual financial closings. We never did that mm. um, in the past. Yeah. I wonder if, uh, you know, in, in, I'm curious and, and fascinated by how this whole move has changed things and made some things more challenging and some things better and easier. So for instance, it is more challenging. We're not around the office, you know, bumping into people and just striking up conversations. But at the same time, in a global organization like yours, people are more accessible you can reach out and get on a, make a phone call or get on zoom. And I wonder if there are more relationships being made for some people and maybe less for others. 
Yeah, I do think so. There have been this um, study that has been going on. I think it was, um, I think it was in Virginia. It was a long time ago, but there's this study, industry study. I have to send it back to you. But the, basically, the study was around um, the stronger ties, connections tend to get stronger, but the weaker ties are getting weaker. So I've been doing a lot of research and I found that um, trust is up, employee engagement is up, mm. um, productivity is up, good, good stuff, good, good things happening. So we've learned how to engage people, we've learned how to collaborate, we've learned how to build trust. But I, I've seen research that our social connections, our bonds, those are, people are sensing a decrease in being connected. So those are signs that we have to work at this every day. Every day. It takes some intention to create a friend at work, to go beyond beneath the surface, not just how are you? As my mom would always say, now, how, how are you really doing? You said, how are you doing? But I want to know, how are you really doing? Really doing, right. Yeah, tell me, be, get vulnerable. What are your hopes and your fears? What are you afraid of? What are you so excited about? Yeah. Like getting really good at facilitating those psych psychologically safe environments mm. where people can speak up. Uh, people do feel like it's worth the risk to voice their opinion, to share, to... Um, tell you, you know what? I don't feel like turning my camera on today. It's, I'm just draining. I want to take some time away from the camera. So doing that every day to help create those friends, those social bonds. People want to be whole now. They want to be fulfilled. So we got to go beyond engagement and go to employee fulfillment. What does it mean to have a fulfilled life? What does it mean to, to, to invest your time into meaningful work? Like that's at the forefront right now. Before it was almost like when you check, when you looked at your job, you would say, I got all this, I got all that. And in, in fulfillment, I may not get it here. So I'll still take the job. But now it's at the top. So interesting. And, you know, we were talking about leadership and also about how people are interacting with each other. And you mentioned, um, well, let's go back to what you said trust, employee engagement, and productivity have gone up, you know, much to the surprise of many leaders and organizations. What are some of the challenges that you've seen come up for people and organizations as a result of moving into this virtual world? Let me share. Can I share you something? I've been designing a lot of stuff, Andy. Like lately, I've been at home. So I'm an engineer. I'm a designer. So I spend a lot of time, you like know, it. making things. Can I share something with you? A picture? Yeah, please. Okay, let me share something. I'm with you. Give me a moment. Uh-oh. <laughs> there you are. You're sharing yourself. Yeah, there I'm sharing myself. I didn't make myself. Can you see this? Yes. Is, does it look okay? This from your side? Uh yeah, I think so. It's just your share screen zoom thing is somehow in front of it, but otherwise it's good. Is it? Okay, hold on. This is the thing about technology. I know. So let me do this again. Really weird. Am I, it was working before, right? Let me try just the picture. That's good. It is? Yep. Okay. So I designed this recently 
because if you think about every day, we should be trying to connect. When I, when I think about connect, I think about bonding. You know, how, what bonds are we creating? Bonds are uh, built on with intention. And when you think about culture and culture hacking, what do we want our culture to look like? So we gotta be very intentional. So I said, okay, how are we connecting? How, how does this look from a leadership perspective, from a management perspective? So number one, we have to get really good at renewing our energy. People always say, Jennifer, you're so energetic. How do you, how do you maintain your energy? You can't be an inspirational leader without energy. It's not about charisma. It's not about some of the other things that we've heard more so than it's about re renewing your energy. You have to make sure we are properly resourced. We have to get sleep. We can't work, you know, 15 hour days every day. Do we live at work or do we work where we live? So renewing that energy is a skill set now. What things do we need to do to do that? So that's, that helps with having the energy to create the connection. Um, and also creating an environment where your team can renew their energy. So if you're putting a lot of work on your team because you believe they're at home, they have nothing else to do, they don't have to teach the kids, they don't have to um, have a family, they don't have to have friends, they don't have to have a life. If you really like think that or maybe you just think that, we got a lot of work and I need to keep piling work. That's not creating an environment where your teams can renew their energy. So when we're hacking culture, hacking culture is truly about setting up a team or setting up, setting up an environment where people do have flexibility. People do have um, the safety to speak up and say, I need to take a break. I need a day off. Um, I can't, I, I have to say no to this one. So I think renewing energy in yourself, self-care and with others is um, important. Um, we talked about trust and collaboration, that's up. But the thing around culture connection and learning, if we're not, if people are not connected, they're not going beneath the surface. If their conversations and their interactions are just getting work done and you don't know what your organization thinks about this you don't have an idea about where we're pivoting to and you're just working without um being connected it affects learning it affects how we learn it affects how we grow so all of these things matter and these are like some areas the top three i would say on this chart Social well-being and bonding, culture connection, learning, and renewing energy. These top three things are what we got to get really good at in the here and now so that we can focus on helping people be more fulfilled and personally effective. So this is something I just uh, created so people can think about it. You know, how are we operating ourselves this way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we got to be thinking about how do we create that great culture for our teams, for our organizations, and the importance of those connections, and I'm glad you mentioned renewing energy. We need to be thinking about our own wellness and health as we go through this and making these connections as well. Uh, what about for leaders who are leading teams? You know, what leadership, we, we mentioned empathy earlier. What leadership skills do you think are the most important and effective right now? We mentioned empathy, so I can't use that one, right? 
Well, you can you can double down on empathy if you want. We didn't talk that much about it, but you know, if that's the most important thing. I do think that empathy is uh, important. I do think that that is something that has come out of this crisis is empathy. But I'll, I'll say this. The one thing that leaders need right now, and I've been talking about this for the last few months, is the intellectual humility. So <clears throat> this is hard work. Um, it's exhausting work. It's um, complex. It's uncertain. And when leaders walk into a situation or get put into a situation in this case, and maybe they're leading transformation, maybe they're deciding on you know, things for their corporation. There's one thing to say, I'm experienced, I know everything, I can do this, I have this many years of experience, I'm a VP, or I have a team that can do it, that's leading more on the overconfident bias. But there's a balance where the best leaders show up and say, actually, I think I may have an imperfect view or knowledge about the world, so I need to figure out what don't I know? What truth do I need to find out? How do I support my team in a very different way to help them, them learn and to become agile? So that requires intellectual humility. And intellectual humility is not a weakness. It's not a weak uh, place of being weak and vulnerable. It's really a place of being curious and seeking the truth and understanding, what don't I know? And how do I go about knowing this? What experiments can I do? Creativity, you and I talked about creativity before. You know, where do I need to be creative? Um, that type of thing. So intellectual humility to me right now is the number one, aside from empathy. Yeah, we haven't talked about that very much on the summit, but that is, that is so important. And you know, think about it from a leadership perspective and how you're going to keep a great team going uh, during these times. I know you're big on coaching as well. You're an executive coach yourself. Uh, you help and lead an executive coaching practice, and you also have created this patent. Can you talk about the importance of coaching for leaders, especially during these virtual times? <laughs> yeah, I think everybody needs a coach like they need mobile phones. I need one or two of them myself. So <laughs> um, coaching is on the you know hot seat, no pun intended, Andy, but it is like up close and personal. You know, at IBM, we have one, we have the largest internal coaching practice in the world, but I always say the world doesn't know. They don't know <laughs> because our coaches are internally trained. We have a um, internal um, coach skills training program called Blue Core Coaching. And that Blue Core Coaching skills training program, we have been running it now for two years. We, we did the pilot in 2017. And now We've been running it for two years. So we have this, we have thousands, thousands upon thousands of coaches who know how to touch lives. So our motto in Blue Core Coaching is touching lives. So these are coaches that go through a, right now it's an eight-week um, skills training program and um, experience. And it's peer-to-peer. -peer. It's a movement. It's peer-to-peer. -peer. You have to opt in. No one can stop you from getting in there. And you learn how to do culture hacking. So these coaches will coach other IBMers um, in the program when they graduate from the program and they help IBMers see themselves in the culture. 
you know, see themselves on an individual level, see themselves on a team level, organizational level, the mindset, isn't it anti-fragile mindset? So do they have the ability to make that individual change to change the culture around them? Do they have, do they need support from someone to transform and make an impact in the culture at the team or organizational level? So coaches are trained to be able to help the leader or person or individual contributor think about it from those lenses. Because it is, it, coaching used to be just, people used to talk about career progression. But now it's about that person having that meaningful work, fulfillment, being able to help others along so that you can have a happy life um, there. So our coaches do that. In my role, I lead that um, movement, that internal coaching practice. And we're getting so many requests for coaching uh, with, with things happening right now. I also coach senior executives. So I'm not just a talker, you know, train people and have them do it. I'm actually a coach and I coach um, a senior executive team at IBM who's leading the IBM Cognitive Enterprise and Transformation. And it has been a privilege just to be with them on this journey. Um, so I'm having a lot of fun and just trying to make sure we are, you know, creating a culture of innovation and growth. Fascinating and, and so powerful. Um, you know, coaching can help not only with performance, but you're talking about helping people all around, bringing their whole selves into the situation and helping every aspect of their lives, which helps them get more done, show up better at work. Uh, and you are not just overseeing this. You are a coach and a recipient of coaching. Uh, I love it. Practicing exactly what you preach. Um, you know, we've talked about how the connections, we've talked about uh, skills for leadership and coaching. The world is changing fast. And we've seen that, you know, how fast and, and much things have changed over the last few months. And uh, things are going to keep changing at a quick rate. How do you think we can go about future-proofing ourselves? You know, can we, or how should we think about future-proofing ourselves with our skills or whatever for the future of work or future-proofing future our workforce, I guess I want to say? Okay. Is this still the hot seat? Can we do it? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. I, I, I'm a little provocative. So I don't believe in future-proofing. I don't think there's a such thing called future-proofing. I think that if we were to say, there's something that could future-proof our world that's changing fast. Let's just pretend we, that we can say that. I would say it was inter, it would be interconnectedness. We're all connected in the outcome of humanity. What, wherever we are in the world, there is no more um, leadership that's leaning like heavily towards heroic leadership, you know, where leaders will set the stage for their heroic act or I want to do this project because it will make me look good and I can be, you know, deemed the hero. We're in a place in time right now where if we think about the future and we want to be ready for the future and we want to create the future, you know, not get surprised by it, even in the time of a pandemic. Be, realizing that and practicing interconnected leadership is, is, is critical right now. There's a decision or action that I can make, Andy, that will impact you. Even if we cannot connect it, 
even if we don't see it while we're doing it. The things that we're doing in our work, in our home, we're all interconnected. And so right now, the best thing we can do to future-proof our future is to connect together and realize that our intentions and our actions together create that future. Yes. I agree. I love it. Uh, as someone being really big on connecting, uh, I'm really glad you said that. I feel like I'm really set up well for the future. I'm yes, excited. Um, you did it. We'll, we'll see. I did it. Well, we're not done yet, but you know, we're always connecting. We're always growing. We we'll see where that's going. Speaking of that, as we are, you know, heading into this modern world future of work, why is diversity of people and skills so important? You can't have innovation without diversity you can have product and you can um you can you can do incremental type things but you can't have like that pioneering type innovation without diverse thinking without diverse background just a diverse way of seeing things um right now with the climate especially in the u.s and it's interconnected is touching her all around the world you know people are having a lot of uh trauma okay just take that emotional trauma and these conversations around race conversations around um uh, a diverse diversity and inclusion all these conversations right now these things are traumatic and for a very long time these emotions have been suppressed and i think this is just Jennifer talking. This is not Jennifer talking on behalf of IBM. This is Jennifer Paler talking on behalf of Jennifer Paler. I think that as leaders, we have to do more work in being prepared to have certain conversations. Because if we handle conversations the wrong way, we can do more damage, more harm than we intended. So having diversity right now is the only way we're going to actually create a future that represents all of us. You know, when you look at your, um, when we look at Congress, when we look at uh, other countries, look at their parliament, different things, you can really look at that and see what the nation looks like. It's like a, a picture of what is really happening, you know, mm -hmm. in the world. So we have to create something that looks like all of us and we all can see ourselves in the future and we all have a part to play in it you know andy think about this what if what if there were virtual summits that were created without your voice without your thought leadership hmm. you're paving the way for what these conversations should look like you've been at this for years you're bringing in people you're, you're actually putting in the hard work and you have a diverse group of people that come together and share ideas and thinking. What if it was just one similar group or one similar role? Wouldn't be nearly as valuable. Yeah. And you future-proof yourself. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Jennifer. I was... Uh, very focused on uh, diversity when putting this together. I wanted to bring a lot of different uh, views uh, together, different backgrounds, different topics, different experiences, and of course, people that look different and had you know different perspectives as well. I think it's really important. Uh, like you said, we want to reflect the population that's out there 
And one of the big challenges, obviously, that is coming has come up and become a big topic of conversation. A lot of organizations is that our organization looks like this at the bottom level, very diverse. And at the top, they all look very different, right? And how can we start to have, you know, we're having more of those conversations. How can we change that? And like you said, the more diverse we have, diversity we have, as well as combined with inclusion, psychological safety, equity, that sort of thing, the more innovation we're going to have, the more cool things we're going to get done, the more progress we're going to make. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. Well, we have to wrap this up. We've covered a lot of stuff. Um, you know, this was all about culture hacking. Our audience is in talent development, looking to create uh, great, engaging cultures in this virtual and volatile world. Anything else, any other advice you would add on how to, you know, continue to create that great culture? Yeah, I'll share three things that you can um, think about and do. Um, the first thing I will share is, you know, really think about your, the purpose, the shared purpose. When you're creating culture, um, there's a reason why people, you know, come together. There's something underneath it. I'm not talking about because you hire them or they work for you or you have this lofty, um, strategic, you know, plan you have to do, but there's something underneath all of that called a shared purpose. So getting really good at figuring out what is that shared purpose? What is it that I don't even have to sell it to you. I can just put it out there and you instantly get it. Find that shared purpose. And it's not a program, you know, it's not a PowerPoint, you know, but what is that shared purpose? I'll give you an example in blue core coaching. And that is a uh, movement that is hacking the culture. It's touching lives. And they get it. They instantly get what that is. So that resonates. The second thing after shared purpose is what is the language of the organization? What language, what do you notice people are saying? What words are they using? And these are very important because words matter. They actually, words create um, the intentions, the thoughts, they stick with you, you know. So what words are people using? Has it changed? Um, you know, it's very important to do that. And the last thing I would say is um, when you think about culture hacking, you have to think about experimenting over and over and over. Experimenting in different ways, trying things out, letting people who would normally, like diverse thoughts and thinking, who would normally do these things go deeper and experiment. Ideas don't just come from one person. If you don't have an experimenting running, you should always have an experimenting running. If you don't have an experiment running, then you're not thinking. You, there, there's no thinking going on. So the more you can experiment, experiment, experiment with things, then your culture, they start to, people just start to come out and try things. Oh, I want to try this. I want to try that. And um, you start hacking at things. You know, you really start to create some very cool stuff and innovative things. So if there's no, if there are no experiments going on, you're, you're not thinking. So those are the three things I would share uh, with I that. I like it. I like it. So I want to make sure I get them all down. The importance of finding shared purpose of experimenting. What was the other thing in there? The, the language and the words of your um, organization. Got it. All right. So we covered a lot of ground in this uh, conversation, Jennifer. I'm looking back at my notes. We talked about your thoughts on the resilience movement and why 
we are having that, what's going on with it, how the crisis is helping us get better uh, as leaders, uh, what resilience is in the corporate world, and uh, of course, the anti-fragility that you mentioned as well, um, how the working world has changed under COVID, uh, anti-fragility being about looking for ways to improve, uh, when is the time? Uh, you asked the question, when's the last time you made a new friend? That was a really interesting question. I'm going to put that out to my network and see what they say. I'm making new friends all the time, but you know, I know other people are maybe not as proactive. Um, talked about trust, employee engagement, and productivity going up under COVID. Uh, how to make a connection experience every day, and you shared your graphic there. The importance of renewing energy. Uh, hacking culture being about setting up an environment where people have flexibility and psychological safety to speak up and ask for a break if they need it, the importance of empathy, the importance of intellectual humility. Uh, you said everybody needs a coach like they need a mobile phone. Uh, I'm glad I have one. And it uh, sounds like you have two, coach, two, two phones and two coaches. Um, you talked about the blue core coaching motto of touching lives and how IBM has the world's largest internal coaching practice. Very cool. Um, your perspective on future-proofing the workforce. Can you do it? Um, and you talked about the key being preparing for the future through interconnectedness and how we need to connect with each other, uh, the importance of diversity for innovation and business, um, how leaders need to do more work uh, and be more prepared to have important conversations, uh, the importance of finding a shared purpose, the importance of the language we use, and the importance of experimenting and getting different ideas. Uh, so much awesomeness there. Jennifer, anything else you would add? And um, is there anywhere people should go if they want to get in touch with you? peopleengineer.com, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's where it's at. Uh, so make sure you connect with us both. Follow us on LinkedIn. Let us know what you thought about this. Jennifer, thank you so much for being here. Um, to all of you who tuned in, thank you so much for being here, for watching and listening. I hope you took a lot of notes. As always, remember to write down what are those one or two key takeaways, something you took away from this that you think, ah, I've got to go take some action on that. Put it down make a goal, make a plan, tell somebody, go take some action, do something different, get a coach if you don't have one, uh, or get involved in some coaching and building this culture for the future. Uh, because if you're in talent development, you are at a pivotal moment in time. We absolutely have the opportunity to make a huge difference and be the heroes in our organizations. And we want you to be that hero. Thank you again for coming. Jennifer, thank you for being here. My name is Andy Storch. I uh, really appreciate all of you. We'll see you on the next session. Bye. Thank you, Andy. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again and take care.